Hi, I'm Jack the DM, and thanks for choosing the Slice and Dice podcast. Now, over to me. Good evening, good morrow, and good day, and welcome to another edition of Slice and Dice here with the Many Lands campaign. Uh, thanks for those of you who joined us uh, last week uh, for uh, session 32. Uh, some updates since then. We have a very large uh, DK on screen, and that's because Dan's back, everybody! Yep. Fli our official fleeting look is back. Um, thanks for joining us, Dan. Hope you're well. Um, I also hope that we I have played or we have played uh, fleeting look um, ably in your uh, in your absence. I hope, hope we've uh, done him justice. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, so uh, so before we start today, um, last week um, you may have noticed we had a very special one-off uh, stream on Wednesday uh, where I was hosting Quiz Night. Nothing to do with D&D, just really in the current circumstances, bringing something, uh, uh, some relative normality, but also a bit of fun, uh, a bit of a different thing to do on a Wednesday night. Um, I'm open to other suggestions of any other sort of entertaining things that you'd like to see here on the channel. Um, just to you know keep us occupied because well we've got some extra time on our hands at the moment to be fair so um yeah um by all means get in touch and uh, and let us know what else you'd like to see and of course if you did tune in for the quiz thanks for those of you who did um uh, let me know if you enjoyed it what you liked about it and we may well bring it back in a couple of weeks time not this week but may well bring it back the following week uh, as we've got some time on our hands and speaking of which a uh, big thank you to our most recent followers so that is to uh, Orange Aimer, Tooting Kermit, and Joe Azer. Thank you all uh, for joining the channel. Uh, it really means a lot to all of us. So uh, before we get stuck in today, chaps, is there anything anyone else wants to add? Any announcements? Uh, any exciting quarantine-related stuff? Uh, I could do half a pull-up. Yes! Yeah! Half a pull-up, excellent. Yeah. It's a hey, it's a start. Um, you get those bands. Are you using bands as well? You got to get those bands no, involved. No, no, no. That's that's a straight pull. That's that's it, that's much more impressive. So with a band, you could easily do a full like like you, you'll get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're good, man. You'll get there. That's uh, uh, that's great. Uh, anyone else? <laughs> anyone else? Anything at all? No. Anything. <laughs> Even if it's a pull-up, just good news. We I think we need a bit more good news at the moment. So yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll let you guys ruminate on that for next time. <laughs> Let's uh, jump in, shall we, with tonight's episode of Slice and Dice. And we are back. So, guys, last time... Uh, we had, uh, well, uh, for the most of you, aside from one in particular member of the of the group, uh, arrived back at Heroes Landing after um, after your encounters on the way back from um, uh, from Rackfell Manor, and you had come a cropper on the journey back to Heroes Landing uh, as you had uh, come across. Uh, some troglodytes that had abducted a halfling child and you managed to uh, save the parents before they met a similar fate and then had to delve after them to save uh, to save the child uh, called Pip, Pip Pumperdew. 
Anyway, the halflings were very grateful for your assistance. Uh, you uncovered a few things that uh, had been mentioned. For instance, uh, Leobrin uh, came across the um, a crystal orb, which you had been told by a fortune teller that you would find, and that uh, to return it to her sister, and that if you were to do so, that your lady, your patron, would uh, would know and would witness that, be appreciative of that. Uh, you also came uh, came across the leader of the troglodytes in this particular cavern was a uh, froglodyte, for lack of a better word, but you so uh, soon um, unearthed from the annals of your uh, minds that it was in fact uh, a otherwise mythical creature known as a banderhob, um, which you had managed to to overcome, uh, and you also found a um, a ciphered tome which seem to be written in Dwarvish, but in, as I said, in a cipher. So it's going to take some time to uncover what is written, uh, coded in that uh, journal. But the last entry, scrawled in common, said, uh, Cursed, I'm so cursed, the hunger, the hunger. Where does this all fit in? I guess we'll find out. Uh, but as you guys arrive back in um, Hero's Landing to spend the night, uh, you decided to take your um, lycanthropic companions, that including uh, Fleeting Look, and your two uh, prisoners. Um, uh, I say prisoners, your, your two, uh, two nobles who have been afflicted by uh, the disease, one uh, Greta Grouse and uh, Captain Mandeville. Uh, you uh, assisted them all, took them to the Temple of Ruish, hoping to get some assistance for them. Perhaps the uh, priestess there could uh, heal them, could lift the curse. However, it appears that lycanthropy is a curse, uh, an ancient curse that cannot be lifted by uh, a simple uh, cure curse alone. And only, uh, as far as we know, these um, very rare and very old cure curse, uh, cure curse potions, one of which you were given in Hilberg, uh, can lift such a curse. There are possibly other ways to uh, lift the curse. Only one of you have been offered another option so far, and that uh, was Seth was offered uh, something by the voice that he keeps hearing from the cursed medallion that seems to be following him around, offering to lift uh, the curses in, the, in a similar way to how that same entity brought back Neris uh, from the dead, uh, seemingly from the dead, uh, all the way back in the cavern underneath Flaming Jacks. Speaking of Neris, we finally got to have a bit of uh, a look back to uh, to, to Neris and find out where she's been this entire time. Now we don't know the exact location but Neris did uncover that she is in some kind of subterranean lair that she um, is accompanied sort of by her aunt Argentia uh, and that she's being held captive by red mages under the leadership of Daemon, a half-elf that has pursued her across from as far back as Kothar, um, back from her homeland, and driven her out from house and home. He seems to have found her again. As Neris was trying to find her way out of uh, the lair, she did in fact stumble upon uh, Damon himself, uh, who then had her strapped to a table uh, uh, before mentioning something about the blood and hoping that this was all worth it. So we'll be catching up with Neris uh, later on in the stream, but for now, the first thing, uh, the most recent thing to happen was Brucon assisted to uh, offered his assistance to um, the priestess, that's Layla Waterweird, uh, in carrying out a ceremony, a ritual um, to 
essentially bless uh, these lycanthropic individuals in the hope that this will help stave off the effects of the curse for the evening and overnight. Uh, so Brucon ably did so, helping her out as best as he could, uh, while the others um, left to uh, Malar went to uh, give the uh, to give the seal they had used at Rackfell Manor back to uh, Councillor Smithberg. And uh, meanwhile, um, Leobrin has been looking for the same fortune teller to uh, find out where she's gone and find out more about this, potentially about this crystal orb. And Seth went to secure lodgings uh, at the Weary Traveller in Hero's Landing, but also made an offer to the um, uh, to the doppelganger, which has still been incarcerated inside a large trunk that you guys have been in possession of for a couple of days now. As the doppelganger is the one chance, or at least the most, uh, it seems the most. The easiest way, should I say, for you guys to find uh, Neris is it seems to know where she is being held uh, by apparently friends of the doppelganger, but has agreed to uh, to lead you there. Although, how much can you trust the doppelganger, really? A duplicitous being at most. But Seth has nonetheless decided to hire the doppelganger for his own ends, uh, and we will see where that leads. But as night has drawn in, uh, Captain Mandeville seemed to not be able to cope with his new uh, curse and coming to sort of terms with his new reality and so tried to take his own life. Brucon managed to interject and stop this from happening and managed to talk him round however uh, later on that evening as uh, moonlight shone through into the temple uh, Captain Mandeville did uh, succumbed to the curse and has just turned into a werewolf in front of a very shocked Greta Grouse who hasn't turned and Fleeting Look who similarly hasn't turned. The doors to the temple have been barred by uh, Brucon and by um, Layla Waterweird who has secured herself in the vestry. This leaves just Fleeting Look, Brucon and Greta Grouse in the temple along with this uh, along with this newly formed werewolf in front of you. And it looks like uh, there's only going to be one way to stop them, and that is through you guys. So, for most of you... Oh, that's quite loud. For most of you, you managed to... Uh, 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 most of the players, should I say... Uh, so, Brucon rolled last week, and I rolled for the other characters last week. But Fleeting Look, uh, Dan, if you'd like to roll for initiative, please. What did you? Oh no, Dan, are you? Are you? Oh, oh, this is a good start. Dan, are you still there? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Um, what did you roll for initiative? <laughs> Should we guess? You can type it if you'd like. Sorry, say that again. We can't hear you and your um, video is frozen at this time, but if you could 15. write it in the chat. What? He rolled a 15. 15, perfect. He rolled a 15. That's great. You're just after Brucon. Um, I think we might have to cut a few cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> might be a necessary measure in these difficult I mean, times. <laughs> yeah, 
possibly. I mean, if people want, want a reasonably accurate representation of what's going on with James at any given moment, like a, a, a still seems to me to be largely fine anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll work I with what we've got. Like a sphinx. If it means that audio gets clearer, then that's that's the most important thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is the picture of me now? Uh, <laughs> doing a sort of slightly cheesy kind of. Um... Yeah. Smile. Like <laughs> okay, so let's bring up. And I'll be back. Battle camera. All right. So. Um... Hey, that's the thought. What are the people who? Are oh, we've just lost. Uh, Oh no, Dan's back. No, 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 he's coming back. Okay, I think, I think you reset there. Uh, okay. So just players not currently involved in what's going on, turn off your video feed. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, like you may also uh, mute it if you would yeah. like. We'll see Marta for 10 minutes later on in the stream. Okay, so top of the order uh, is the werewolf first. Um, so you guys are positioned uh, within pews uh, inside this uh, temple. Now the temple itself, as you described last week, conical shaped. Uh, on the inside, it's very clear it's conical shaped. On the outside, it looks resembles sort of a um, a mountain uh, in its in its architecture, uh, with very thin uh, windows, which would be very difficult to squeeze out of, even for a werewolf. Uh, you guys are arranged, as you can see on the battle camera, if you can see the battle camera. Uh, but I can describe it to you if, if not. But anyway, top of the round. Uh, so, Werewolf Mandeville is in one uh, at one side away from the rest of you. And the werewolf just looks up and snarls at the two of you. <laughs> before uh, ducking ducking behind the, uh, the pews there, out of sight. Ah, Jaded Law, thanks for tuning in, letting me know they're a little bit quiet. I can sort that, that's not a problem, and turn them up a little bit. That should help. That'll help. It all line. helps. That's Over to you, Brucon. Okay, uh, so I'm just in the process of pulling up the, um, the Twitch stream now, but there is a cricket advert, um, which is deeply thematically inappropriate for what's going on here right now. No problem at all. Um, so you're... There's some wallabies that just spawn in and we're going to start beating the crap out of them. We would be good. Um, but so... So um, essentially the uh, centre of the temple is raised with the altar in the centre, I think you may recall from last week. You are um, basically in front of the main entrance in the pews. And yeah. to the pews to the right of you, um, roughly sort of 40 feet away, is... Uh, are, are the pews that the werewolf has now ducked behind? I've, I've got the video feed now so I can see it. So the, the, the little flash of red to the right of Brucon in the image, is that Greta? Or is that the. Is that yes, the yes, this, this is, is that... uh, Greta to your right. Yeah. And Captain Mandible is. Where? He's the one who's disappeared behind the, uh, the uh, pews, so you don't know where exactly ah, he is, but he was around the right hand full side. Dog soldiers with this baby? Awesome. Okay. <laughs> So, I think it's time for Brucon to get some value out of his uh, new toy. So, uh, pull out the um, the collapsible rod. Ooh, pole. okay, yeah. I can't remember, is it is rod or pole? I can't remember. Anyway, it's a pole, but uh, you can refer yeah, to it as a rod if you would uh, like. Collapsible, collapsible pole, uh, we'll do that. And um, uh, it basically um, puts one foot on it. Uh, so hang on, where's the where's the um, where's the button to deploy it? 
Uh, it's, at, it's located uh, towards the end of the shaft. Towards, so not on the end? No. No. And which end, and the whole thing like telescopes out? Like, yes. Is it, yeah. At the opposite okay. end to where the button is. Cool. Okay, that's perfect. So uh, Brooklyn will take the end that doesn't have the button, put it on the ground, um, and then do a little hoop, balance on it, and then hit the button and, uh, and go up, uh, extend it to its full tempo. Ah, okay. All right, I'm going to need you to make an athlete, uh, sorry, an acrobatics check for me to maintain your balance on this yep, very, on because the end of this pole is pretty. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's reasonable. Uh, pretty so, small. Acrobatics. We have. Ooh, that could have been a really great roll. As it is, it's just a quite good roll of fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. So you struggle to maintain your your balance on this pole. Um, and to keep it from falling over as well. So it will take your action for this turn to basically steady yourself on top of those. You have to kind of grasp onto the pole. You can That's see... Okay. The, the one thing I'll point out is that you were saying that last time that this were, the, the ceiling was sort of 14-ish feet high and that it's a cone so presumably it narrows to sort of a point uh-huh so, uh-huh so that's yeah that's a, that is a fair point the pole itself brace himself at the top end. yeah you can do that to steady yourself and in fact the pole doesn't you notice the pole doesn't extend the full 10 foot you can see by the telescopic way that it extends out that it's got a little bit more give but given that's where cool. you are to the ceiling it stops just as you hit the ceiling just it that's senses cool. that Main tension reason this is all happening is just to get a, um, to get an angle Get so, eyes on. Um, so what, what can Rukon see from his new okay, unprecedentedly so elevated position? What's your passive perception? Passive perception is 13. 13, perfect. You can see... Well, ducked behind the far... Um, the, the far pews, the second row of pews. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he is. Um... So, yep, you can... Loving where Dan's camera has chosen to freeze. Uh, <laughs> him pointed... No, Speaking that's not quite what's going on there, but never mind. Um, yeah, Any so... bonus action for you? It's big. Yeah. Um, uh, bonus action, bonus action, bonus action. Um, so, what's the... Now, from the angle here, it's not really... Uh, so, how, how far away, horizontally, you know, as the... Crow flies. Dog, yeah, as, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. What's the horizontal distance between where Brucon is right now, where Greta is right now, and uh, your man, Captain uh, Vanderbilt? You are horizontal distance, you are looking at uh, roughly about 40 feet. Cool. Okay. Um, Brucon's going to um, stay where he is. He's going to park. Balance uh, on the pole. Uh, but, holding but he, onto the ceiling. Um, but he, he, he shouts down uh, to the others, uh, watch out, he's uh, uh, turning into a dangerous beast. Be careful. Thank you. All right, over to Fleeting Look. You are uh, currently positioned on the opposite side of the, uh, of the temple to where the, uh, to where the werewolf is, and you have the raised uh, center of the room, uh, the uh, altar raised in the center, is kind of masking uh, that side of the temple from your sight currently. What would you like to do?
suspense is killing me also. I think I have died of the suspense. Some, some audio loss has occurred. He's, yeah, he's I, oh, he's typing. Hang on. Yeah, your, yeah, your audio doesn't appear to be working currently. Uh, Dan, however, I can see your, um, I can see the chat, so I can, I can see what you're saying. Move near the dog person. Excellent, excellent choice, sir. Are you going to shuffle along as far as you can? <laughs> now feels like a good time to point out that Bill has Fleeting's main weapon strapped onto his back. Just to point out. Uh, who does, sorry? Oh, you do. Of course you do. Yeah. yeah relieved him of his uh, weapon. So However, you've got your regular warhammer. We've got his very open to... If Fleeting wants to call out and, uh, and, and ask for his weapon back, uh, Brucon is very happy... Seeing as, as the, the, it's pretty clear at this point that the Greta and Fleeting have, um, have, have released, uh, sorry, have resisted the, 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 the lycanthropic curse this time. Yeah. Um, calls for yeah. the, yeah, he's going to yeah. shout calls out for the hammer. hammer. Yeah, cool. Well, Brucon, Brucon didn't do a whole lot with his last action, so uh, pending your approval, Jack, um, yeah. it seems to be totally legit for Brucon to reach up, um, pull, it, pull it free of the little kind of loose truss that he created and um, drop it. Fleeting as he, as he passes. You can drop it. You can drop it down. That's fine. Um, yeah. Fleeting, look. Oh, oh, I think I got a little bit of audio there for a second. Can you, um, can you roll an uh, an athletics check for me? This is just to see if you can kind of push through and vault over to grab the uh, to grab the hammer. Something bye. <laughs> Pushing over this way, because given Brucon's current position, you can't throw it particularly well as you're kind of pushing yourself to the ceiling at the same time. So it's like, get it out, <laughs> awkwardly He's throwing it down. 19. Nineteen, excellent. With a nineteen, you launch yourself over the pews and uh, reach out your hand, grasping towards the hammer. You do manage to grab it. Um, you've used your action. I basically did a dash action with uh, you catching the hammer as well as part of that. So you've still got a bit of movement. You've still got about 15 feet of movement. So I can move you close. I'm going to assume you're going to move closer towards the dog person. Um, but the main thing you notice when you reach out to grab the hammer is actually, um, in normal circumstances, you hadn't quite grasped the handle. You hadn't quite grasped the shaft. That sounds wrong. Uh, <laughs> you hadn't quite managed to grab it. However, it seemed to be drawn to your hand just in that moment as you concentrated on grabbing it. It just seemed to almost fly into your hand, Molyneux style. Uh, yeah, as if as if there's a magnetic field between your hand and uh, and the Warhammer itself. Uh, <laughs> not Peter Molyneux, though. <laughs> not that. No, no. Thanks. Thanks for the clarification, Bruco. Uh, so yeah, Molinier. That's it's that's no, exactly. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yeah, that's you know what it. I meant. You got it. Yeah. Meow meow. Meow meow. Meow meow. Thor's hammer. For, you know that. Yeah. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Oh my Mjolnir. god! You're such a bunch of nerds <laughs> just correcting me on my pronunciation of Molnir. <laughs> ah. Okay. Anyway. I want to clip this just to find out how long we spent just pronouncing Mjolnir. I'm just gonna keep going. Meow mix. Anyway. Fair, anyway, Fair Storm is uh, yeah. summoned to your hand. Uh, that's your go. Um, so that leaves uh, Greta, who is going to flee. Ah! 
Oh, oh, nein, this is not for me. She starts running towards the door. Unfortunately, the door is barred, uh, so she, so she's just helplessly going to kind of duck behind the pillars, try hiding. Um, she, she thinks she hid pretty well. She thinks she's pretty well hidden behind here, from, from the werewolf at least. Uh, top of the round, over to the werewolf again. You can see where it is, Brucon. You can see it. it continues. I can see where it is, Brucon. What? You can. So, Brucon, you can see where the uh, uh, where the uh, the werewolf is moving because you've got a, a, a heightened position. Um, Brucon, do you you also have the longsword that the um, that Captain Mandeville had? Uh, I think you took it. No, it, I, Brucon, when he uh, when Brucon saved the captain from. Um, uh, himself. He, he, he didn't take the longsword, he tossed it away so that it wasn't um, nearby. Fair enough. I will, uh, it'll be strewn on the ground. Yeah, ten feet or so, somewhere reasonably close to his position. Around here somewhere. Alright, uh, no worries. Um, <laughs> so, the werewolf does notice you suspended up there uh, with your eyes focused straight on him. Yeah. And you see, with a uh, with a natural twenty, and I'm not making this up, he rips part part of the uh, the pew up, stands up, and throw launches it across at you. Unfortunately, it does miss you completely, uh, and it doesn't. I don't, it, I don't agree with your adjective at all, there, but fine. You what? Sorry. I don't, you said unfortunately. No, it's not. Unfortunately for him, I'm, I'm talking from the perspective of the werewolf. Great news yeah, for you, yeah. it doesn't hit the pole either, because that could have been yeah, that, that could is, have been problematic. Uh, yeah. It does just scatter harmlessly along the ground. Uh, it's now revealed its position. Over to you, Brucon. Uh, okay, so um, so fleeting is now is, is not um, in physical. He's near it again. The, the He's within striking distance. Um, in his next go, he could he could charge into it in his, his, in his next turn. go. So right now he's not uh, mano imano with the werewolf. Not yet. Uh, no. Cool. You've got a clear Brucon, shot. Brucon will pull out one of the nets, for he has two. Ooh yeah. Do not, do not ask why. Uh, but Brucon will pull out one of the nets that he has about his piss on, and uh, attempt to boop, 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 and and throw it over the um, over the werewolf. No problem at all. Um, so I think this is going to be long range for a net. So if you could roll with disadvantage, please. I'll just, I'm just going to double check as, as we're, as we're yeah, yeah. saying that. Okay, Pretty well, sure I'll it roll is. Both and then, um, take take the... No, no. I'll, I'll roll, roll one and then I'll tell I'll you roll, if you need... I'll roll one and then roll another as the disadvantage. That's yeah, that sounds good. It's, it's something short like five or ten feet. It is quite short it's range. Pretty short, yeah. Okay, well, I'll roll it with disadvantage. And this it's, is yeah, technical. 5 and 15, so uh, yeah. realistically you can't reach it with a net. So you, it's out of the long range, so you throw it and it's it might land on fleeting, but... You Hang on, but I'm throwing it down. Yeah, What's you're throwing it down, but it's more oh, you like... Say it's 40, you say it's 40 feet. Of, yeah, okay. yeah, so you've only got uh, 15 feet long range. All right, okay. Unfortunately. Slight retcon, slight retcon in that case. Yeah. Um, push off from the, the, the wall behind Brucon yep. and go like that and then and leap off and try and throw it through if, if, it gets, if he's able to get within range as he flies through the air mm -hmm. then 
Frukov would like to... Like, he's basically trying to propel himself towards yep. him. I love it, I love it. Um, make an athletics check for me, please. Athletics. Gonna launch yourself off. Do it well. Do it. Twelve. Twelve. Okay. Uh, launch yourself off. You do go prone on the landing. You do scupper the landing a bit. However, you've still got movement. Yeah, the about. Pole clatters uh, okay. to the ground. Um, so you can you you can move within the range of the net and throw it on. Cool. Yeah, then do that. You've got a five feet short range, but if you want to do long range, it's up to 15 feet. What would you rather do? Um, I'd rather spend a um, key point as a bonus action to give myself an extra dash. Excellent. Okay, so you're going to... Let me just double check that that's how that works. For Step of the Wind, yeah. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Step of the Wind is indeed what I'm aiming at. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. so you're going to run within melee range, throw the net on, and then run out. Just uh, well, we'll start with running within melee range and throwing the net on him. Okay. Boop. Up to him. Throw the net. Make an attack roll, please. Yep. Uh, with... Uh, I, I, I haven't got the... Uh, Marshall, what's the stats on... Are they finesse? Throw, uh, the throw, so dexterity. Is that the... Uh, for um, net. Yeah, it's a special... Hang on, yeah, I've got it right thing. It might be strength. They're a martial ranged weapon, so you wouldn't have your proficiency bonus to add on to, yeah. to the net. Are they are they ranged? Yep. Yeah. So it's dexterity, yeah, they're ranged. Dexterity, yeah, you can put dexterity on. Uh, I do have inspiration, but I'm not going to burn it on this because um, it's, uh, it's a bit of a that. So just uh, roll this plus dex, so this plus four. Oh, wow, 23. 23, nice. You, do, you get the net. The net uh, covers the uh, the wolf at this time. Um, it doesn't go prone, but you've covered it with the net at this time. Uh, it's, it's and it's currently restrained by the net. Splendid. Um, yeah. Okay. Excellent. With so, a bit of, I'm, I'm guessing Brooklyn's got at least a little bit of spare movement. Yeah. In the pocket from the step of the wind, um, Brucon will sidle around. Um, to be um, on the far side of the werewolf from where Fleeting is right now. Good, that's good thinking. Okay. And then he, kind of does, the, he does the sort of like, po you know, poised and ready to kind of like dive on this thing and try and, um, you know, um, restrain it uh, even more if, you know, as it's sort of struggling out of the net, if that is indeed where it goes down. And yeah, that's, that's great. Um, and because you did set the wind, I've given you a bit, Thank of, you. bit of a gong. For a moment, I couldn't remember what the button was, but I had it. All right, great. Uh, so, fleeting look, it's your turn. Yes. Um, how close am I to the werewolves? I can hear you. Great. Uh, you are within 30 feet. Okay. I will move to the closest one. You're, you are up in its grill, and you have uh, flanking. Did I get my hammer back? So I might have missed that bit. Yep, you got your hammer, you caught it, and it seemed to... Uh, magnetically almost be drawn to your hand in that moment. It's very strange. Uh, wonderful. Um, I will attack then. Oh, full attack! Okay, so make an attack roll with the uh, with the hammer. Uh, with advantage uh, for flanking. Oh, okay. Uh, 13. 13. 13 with advantage. It still hits, yeah. fortunately. Oh, wonderful. 
thought I was a bit low, but that's cool. It still hits. Rob damage. Eight. Eight points of damage. Werewolf's looking... Uh, well, unfazed by your attack. Um, but you did manage to get a good hit. Crack it in the jaw. And then, like, turns back. Flicks its head back, snarling towards you. You can see still the um, the remnants of clothing from when this was Captain Mandeville only seconds ago. Um, okay, that's your turn. It's still in the net. Um, you would have had advantage anyway from it being in the net, but you're flanking as well. It's going to use its action to try and break free of the net. It's a strength check, which it just succeeded on. <laughs> DC 10 strength check. Rips apart the, uh, the net. And it uh, actually just destroys the nets in uh, in doing so. So uh, right that is its action for the turn to free itself from the net. Okay. So you've hindered it uh, long enough to get another go another crack at it. Uh, okay. Top of the round, then back to. Uh, oh, well, sorry, that top was top of the, of the round. round. Over to Brucon. Yeah. Um, I didn't think to, about this before, so I'm, I'm assuming that. Um, as a result of Brucon's uh, manoeuvre involving the, um, the collapsing rod that, that is now over, sort of lying on the floor over where Brucon was before, yeah? Exactly, yeah. Okay, so Brucon's going to... Uh, how far away is that? How many square, How many feet? To the pole, it's yeah. roughly... Roughly 40 feet. 40 feet. Right. Yeah. Okay. You've, um, you've moved a lot. Uh, I'm struggling with the dimensions of this this room um, a little bit, but uh, it's just be just about here the pole. Um, yeah, In a straight line, if you were to, quite, this hasn't uh, played out quite the way I was hoping it would. But if like, if uh, you wanted to vault over, uh, I mean, I said forty feet. If you were just running around, rather, but if you wanted to go through the pews, like vault over them. Uh, it's going to be more like 30 feet. I love your use of the word if there, as if, that's, as if doing dramatic parkour is something that Brucon would choose not to do. I mean, that's, I thought I should mention it for that very reason. Cool, that's, <laughs> that's useful. Uh, fortunately, it doesn't um, change the numbers enough for this to quite work. But, okay. Uh, we'll make, no, no, it's fine. Um, so, 30 feet, so... Um, Modest yeah, Munch, hashtag adventurer. Thank you for entering to win a month's uh, a month subscription here on the channel. Thank you very much. Yes, um, I forgot to right, talk Bruc about that earlier. Brucon is going to disengage as his action. Okay. He's going to, as a bonus action, click his heels together and activate the boots of sped. Boots of sped, yep. Sped. Nice. He's going to zip over to grab a pole and then zip back and He's very happy to make an acrobatics check in, in, uh, in the name of doing Oh, uh, sure. Uh, make an acrobatics check, sir. Sure thing. We have... Oh, God, my rolling is deteriorating. Uh, Eleven. Eleven. It's not your finest acrobatic performance. You Rather than uh, doing anything particularly fancy, you just kind of hurdle over the pews. Which, for a dwarf, because these are human-sized pews, is, you know, quite an achievement in, in of itself. But for you, this is average. As you, uh, yeah... Head on Solid. over, vault over the pews. Five 
5.5 out of 10. Exactly, exactly so. Uh, in fact, you see uh, Greta in the corner just holding up a little scorecard. Yeah. Uh, so he wants to wind up, he wants, the aim is to wind up, if, if possible, within um, the, in the same, yeah, yeah. Exactly back where you were. Yep, you can do that with boots with, of speed. With the pole, and, and when he grabs the pole, he's going hit to the, hit, the, um, hit the button. Hit the button to, to retract it, yeah. Very good. Uh, and then, and then so, so essentially what that round was, is Bruker just going, uh, one second, and <laughs> go and grab the thing, and <laughs> immediately come out. Sorry about that, I had, I had an errand, I had I left the stove on. If, if only cleaning the house were as quick as an, an ex expedient as uh, Brucon is in that moment, tidying up after himself. Lovely. Uh, over to Fleeting Look. Uh, yeah, how close is everyone to me? Uh, Brucon is within 10 feet of you. He's just on the other side of the... Uh, of the werewolf. Um, other than that, everyone else is out of the way. So it's only Greta um, who's in the church, and she's about thirty feet away from you. Um, I will attack again. Hit it again. Are you smiting at all? Do you have any smites left? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, we'll smite. Why not? Add a smite in there. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, roll to hit first. You've got advantage because of flanking. Uh, 22. 22 Come is on. definitely a hit, so roll some damage and add in that smite. Also, uh, once you've done that, try bring your video in and we'll see if we're still having problems. I'll give it a go. Oh! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Overbalanced like a little bit there. I, I, I went away from Twitch for a moment there, but I feel like something happened. Yep, okay. I kind of dropped the webcam, but it's back. How are we doing on damage? Uh, 22. 22 with a smite in there. Whoa, that's a big hit. Plunk, you kind of, this time, uppercut with the hammer under the chin. <laughs> I see the blood spurt out in the air like uh, Fight Night style, like EA Fight Night style. There's slow motion spurting of blood like in a boxing match. Um, he's still up, looking bl uh, bloody though now at this time with that big hit. Hey, he's back on the video. Okay, um, so it's now its turn. And it is not particularly happy with either of you at this time. So uh, first thing it's going to do, it's going to try and grab you a uh, fleeting look. It's going to make a grapple check. So um, roll either athletics or acrobatics to escape the grapple, please. I'm not... <laughs> That was a natural 20 you just rolled, wasn't it, Jack? Yep. <laughs> 20, I've got a natural 20, so that's 22. Uh, 22. Yeah. I want to ban that set of dice. Right now. <laughs> ban it. It's my, it's, it's my devil dice. It's working again. Uh, I bet you don't want to ban them as much as Dan does. So with that, it's going <laughs> to... Uh, he, he, so it grabs onto you, and it's going to just shove you over to the side here, throwing you five feet. Uh, and then... Second attack, as it's still grabbing onto you, goes to bite you this time. But horrifically misses with a four on the dice. That's going to be nine, which I'm sure misses. So over to Brucon. Uh, okay, Brucon's going to aim to. Is the is the is Brucon next to a um, one of the pews there? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Brucon's going to uh, launch himself and um, try to pin the werewolf to the like, so launch off the pew 
try to land on top of the werewolf, come back into chest, and then um, collapsible rod and deploy it so that the telescoping end uh, shoots out, and, and the idea here is to kind of try and pin this thing to the ground with it. Okay, um, sounds sounds like a plan. Uh, so first of all, um, you can get onto the pew no problem. Just for this whole sequence, can you make an athletics check for me, please? I did roll better than the last time. 21. 21, and this is contested by him. Uh, yep, that's 20's a fail, um, so you do manage to pin him. Uh, <laughs> you launch off the, the pew. Um, and then when you pull the rod out and press the button, it extends until uh, until it hits him, and then it stops. Dude. Okay. Uh, well, this is a learning experience. So, that's um, your action. Pressing the button was my action. Oh no, no, the the whole so the pressing the button, launching yourself, and attacking it essentially was is the action to do that. Uh, okay. Um, You've still got a bonus uh, action. Uh, uh, yeah, but not really anything to do, do with it. So, park there. Okay. I've got it. I've got its attention. I've got it good and annoyed. That's You've got it prone as well, which is obviously going to be very useful to fleeting look. Your turn. Uh, as um, fleeting look, um, sort of like steps up to do whatever it is he's going to do. Brucon um, looks up to him and says, "If you can, don't kill him. I've, I've made a promise. Please." Um, okay, could I attack with non-lethal damage, please? With your Warhammer, yes, you can. Not a problem. Uh, so, uh, make an attack roll, please. Uh, do I still get advantage, or...? Yeah, he's prone. You've got advantage. Uh, natural 20 on the first roll. Woo! <laughs> it's a rubbing off, obviously. All right, so that's double the dice, please, on the damage. Sorry, is it the same dive or um, non-lethal? Yep, same dive because you because you're using a blunt weapon because uh, of the house rule because you're using a blunt weapon or a bludgeoning weapon, uh, bludgeoning damage. It's uh, the same die. It's only with uh, uh, it's only with edged weapons that you have to and uh, sorry, slashing damage or piercing damage that you'd have to do things slightly differently and get a different die. So you're okay. good. Cool. Uh, Nineteen. Nineteen points of damage. It is still conscious at this time but again looking pretty wounded from that hit a bit ropey a bit dazed but it's still it's still there in the fight and it's in fact it's its turn so um it's gonna try and get up um because you've uh, because you've got the um the rod over it uh brucon uh, i'll say that this can be a contested um, your athletics versus its athletics. See if it can kind of push push you up out of the sort of grapple. Um, but being that, can you roll with disadvantage, please, as you're just using the um, the, the rod at this time? Um, oh, for God's sake! <laughs> natural twenty. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I muted myself. I just said, shall I bother rolling? Um, but you never know. I might roll a pair of twenties. That's true. Crazy, crazy things. What's his bonus? It, hmm? Oh, his bonus is uh, two. Well, so, two. Oh, okay. So twenty-two. Uh, right. So you could possibly beat it. Come on. 
Well, I rolled a 9 and an 11, which isn't actually that dreadful, but... Uh, unfortunately, not enough this time. So it does get up. Uh, and it's sort of, in sort of spite, tries to claw at you as it gets up. Um, <laughs> oh, it's pitiful at attacking, though. That's a three on the dice, so I'm pretty sure it's... Uh, Splendid. Yeah, seven's going to miss. Um, yeah. Reached out, and then it's... That, that's its turn. That's li- that's literally its turn. It, it's, uh, it's got up. It's burying uh, this guy in actions. And it's just he's just going to move five feet, so he's still within melee range of you both. He's just uh, tactically getting a bit out of the way. All right, uh, Brucon. Sweep the lid. <laughs> no, I like what you did there. Punch him in the face, knock him clean over, and, and end it there. Uh, uh, um, gonna, screw it. Gonna go for a grapple. You can't roll on natural 20 every time. Good point. Let's go for a grapple then. So um, he's gonna use athletics. Yeah, I have to use athletics, don't I? Yeah. I yes. only get the choice when you're trying to escape. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so, okay. 10 20, I got. 22. 22, you got him. In the grapple. Holding on to it. Like, <laughs> and it like, looks like he's going to bite your hand next time. Got him in the, got him in the full Nelson. Uh, <coughs> oh, okay, fair enough. He looks like he's going to bite at your arms. Nice, but yeah, um, which obviously means that Brucon is dangling from his bag. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll um, call that with Brute, the werewolf in Brutal's most like Brute. Excellent. Okay. Uh, so it's now grappled. Over to you, fleeting look. Uh, I'll do the same again. I'll attack with non-lethal damage. Okay. Make an attack roll, please. Uh, Eighteen. That hits. Roll some damage. Twelve. Twelve points of damage. You do it. That's it. That is enough. Uh, so with that last mighty swing, cracking it across the face. This time, you see the tongue kind of loll out of its mouth as it then sort of collapses in Brucon's arms. And you, you well, you actually at this point, for the speed that Brucon's been moving, you haven't noticed him sort of directly behind this thing. But as it crumples to the ground, you then notice it's not lying on the ground. It seems to be weirdly sort of. Uh, <laughs> propped up by something, and then you could hear the huffing of uh, of Brucon underneath. Yeah, yeah, Brucon, Bruc- yeah there's, a, there's a moment, and then Brucon kind of like like pops his head out from around and goes, "Thank you, sir. That was, uh, that was exactly what I asked you to do. Thank you." Um, and then we're gonna okay, so uh, sort of scooch out from underneath him and um, pull out the other net that Brucon has. Well, he had two. Now he has one. Um, and um, trust this bad boy up in it and in twi- uh, twiddle the um, uh, the collapsible pole. Uh, so it, put the collapsible pole through two ends mm-hmm. and then spin it. But has anyone here seen Shanghai? If anyone's seen Shanghai Noon, the trick with the um, with the, the the bar when they're in the prison cell, when he like spins it round many many times to tighten it up. I haven't, but I can envisage that. Brucon's doing that. There's less urine involved this time. (laughs) I just want to be absolutely clear that the urine urine content in this particular instance is zero, which is not always the case. Anyway, Brucon's going to do that, and then he's going to try again. That will make it stronger. Yeah, um, but 
I'm deeming it unnecessary at this time. Um, we'll, we'll hold that option in reserve for the future. Anyway, so do all that, and then the idea is to um, like use the collapsible pole to like uh, the collapsible rod. Sorry, to um, no, it is pole, isn't it? I keep, I, uh, yeah, it's it's a pole of collapsing is the official I, yeah, title. Pole of collapsing. I keep getting it switched around with the uh, immovable rod, which is a different thing. Um, anyway, the idea is to like deploy that the uh, the, the um, pole of collapsing so that it's like propped up so the guy is like trussed up the the werewolf is uh trussed up in the net yep and the pole is like wedged between the wall and the floor so that he's sort of dangling and doesn't really have anything he can like if he comes round, um he can like he doesn't have anything he can sort of like push off or anything he's basically like kind of trapped there that's the aim sounds good that sounds like a very good plan indeed okay so you do so um I won't make you roll for this. I think I think that's all well thought out. Um, you do manage to sit back for Henton at this time, and uh, actually, as you uh, as the next few hours go by, with you two sort of watching over your charge, um, you see that as the um, as the moonlight moves on, uh, so it's no longer streaming through the into the temple. That gradually um, his form starts reverting back to um to captain mandeville to his humanoid form uh, although now his uh, militaristic clothing is now looking more tattered than it was before um quick medicine check just to see how i'm checking on his health sure go for it uh 20 non uh, 20 non yeah he, he he seems to have um Obviously, taking some injury from the uh, from the attack. However, it's nowhere near as severe as it was looking on the werewolf. It's almost like part of the um, the. It's almost like the curse took the brunt of the damage, and so his his form has kind of been protected. But he is out cold for a while. Useful notes in conjunction with fleeting. <laughs> um, cool, excellent. Uh, yeah. So uh, Brucon, having checked all that, Brucon turns to fleeting, pulls out the deck of cards, and goes, "Do you like a game?" Sure. Splendid. Uh, and uh, yeah, while away the while away the, the rest of the night doing that. And Greta hears you uh, hears you guys as the commotion dies down, uh, playing cards, and she comes over to join you. Like, oh yeah, what we playing? I, I like the cards, yeah. Ah, my lady. Uh, well, let's see. I'm sure we can think of something. You must remind me, Mr. Brucon, to tell you about the um, about the uh, little um, um, uh, the, the necklace that I gave you, um, the uh, the effects that it has in the uh, the uh, substance inside. It is uh, it is can't be very uh, well useful is the wrong word, but it has it has uh, its uses. Eh? Oh yes, oh, I should like to hear about that sometime, but. Uh... Let's not worry about it right now. Uh, and see. Yeah. Uh, so we'll cut over then at that point to... Uh, um, let's rejoin uh, Malar, Seth and Leobrin at this time, guys, if you'd like to bring yourselves up. Um, I wanted to clarify, first of all, with Malar after returning the seal, I believe... Hello, guys. I believe, Malar, you wanted to go to... Um, uh, so you went to return the seal, but after that, um, did you just want to rejoin Seth uh, at the inn, or was there anything else you wanted to take care of that evening? Just going to go back to Seth at the inn. 
Excellent. Okay. Um, so you two kind of go to rest up for the night. Um, you, I think, uh, uh, Mala, you kind of see Seth has been guarding the um, the doppelganger chest. So between the two of you, you can hock that inside. Um, rooms have been secured for you. Um, uh, in fact, um, you're told by uh, your two uh, friends who have joined you, um, that being... Um, Gustav Racontel, the merchant from uh, working on behalf of the Rumbleguts merchant family, and uh, and Gary Bumblefoot, uh, a councillor from Morning Hill. Uh, you have um, the rooms have been paid for by them, and they've even uh, they just kind of as you come inside, they offer you a round of drinks which they bought as well. Um, you also spot Leobrin inside, although Leobrin seems to be up to something himself. He seems to have something else on his mind as he kind of searches around the place. Leobrin, you've been looking for um, looking for the lady, uh, the fortune teller, um, but you were told that she wasn't uh, she, that she was out on the road. Perhaps um, she hasn't returned yet. Just wanted to clarify before you uh, uh, before you do anything else, before you rest for the evening, whether you were going to go out looking for her or whether you're going to leave it till morning. Um, what time of evening is it? This is uh, about sort of uh, seven, eight o'clock now. About yeah, eight o'clock, sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a gallop street to see if I can spot the, the fortune teller. Okay, um, can you make an investigation sure check? Sure, making sure she hasn't fallen afoul of something she didn't fall. Um, uh, that is a 10 investigation. So from what you can tell just from your cursory check around the inn, um, it doesn't seem like uh, she has left in a hurry. For instance, her um, tarot cards and the like of all... Um, I've all been taken. They're not just left strewn about the bar, so it does seem that this was a planned exit. Um, but you don't find any any uh, any conclusive signs of where she's gone. Um, just looking outside the inn, you see um, you momentarily see some light flashing at the temple um, before it uh, died, uh, from within the uh, the small windows of the temple. Uh, but everything seems to return to normal quite quickly there. There doesn't seem to be uh, any hard and fast signs at this time as to where she could have gone. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, little old lady lost somewhere is not a good thing. On the other hand, she can see the future, so she shouldn't get into too much, right? Um... Um, probably at this point, yeah, I think, I think bed is the safest point other than wandering off into the darkness alone. Um, yep. for a lady, I don't know her habits or where she would be. I'm just randomly walking off into the night with no direction. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that that's exactly it. You would be wandering into pretty much nowhere, um, <laughs> like aimlessly at this time without any yeah. conclusive hints um okay so um, sure i'll ignore the weird flashing lights and... they they die they like you see them momentarily and then it all kind of dies down again and um yeah just kind of assume yeah, they... that's, that's suspicious i'd say <laughs> but sure you can go check it out if you'd like um i mean that i think is i probably would yeah fair enough 
So yeah, they could be, you know, werewolves escaping. So, um, uh, so you go to the temple. You find that the door is locked. Seems to be barred from the inside as you try to open it. Just, just won't, won't open. Hmm. Uh, I'll give it a quick knock, knock. Um. Anyone capable of speaking common? Um, okay, so Brucon and Fleeting Look, as you're settling down to play cards, you hear um, you hear this knock at the door, and you hear Leobrin's voice. <laughs> They're just coming back now. They weren't expecting this to happen, <laughs> but it's fairly. I mean, I think it's consistent with it. This is exactly it makes sense. Um, so, guys, um, what did you want to do? Uh, Brucon calls out, uh, "Yes, we're here. Um, uh, how are you?" Um, very good. There were just sort of uh, strange flashes of light, and I was making sure that they're uh, still attached to all of their limbs and not teleported some bizarre place. I don't know. Things keep happening. Uh, yes, no, that's very sensible of you. No, uh, we're we're all fine here. There was a, a brief uh, lycanthropic outbreak, but uh, uh, Fleeting and I were able to uh, uh, bring it to a, a satisfactory conclusion uh, very swiftly. Uh, Everything's fine here. Uh, see you in the morning. Oh, okay. Um, uh, very well. Never goes away. Brucon, uh, you can just hear Brucon go. So, Lady Grouse, tell me a little more about this gift of yours. And that's the <coughs> last thing you hear. Is and that's the last thing you hear as you're leaving. Excellent. Yeah, that sounds sounds right to me. Tell me about the drugs, drug lady. Yes. I walk away. Uh, uh, now, just as a note, uh, but I think if I, uh, re please remind me in the chat if I didn't uh, about the what the oh no I did I wouldn't have um, but I will uh, put it into um, into your character so you know what the stuff does. Um, I think it'd be oh I did I told you what it was called but nothing else. Yeah, uh, I will disclose it uh, on your character profile after today's session. So, uh, but if you choose to use it beforehand, I can of course. Um, reveal what it does live but just to avoid any spoilers for the rest of the party anyway uh so you head back to the inn leobrin to uh, join your companions yes uh and uh and you um bed down for the evening um there are you have a for at least for seth and for mallow you have a relatively peaceful sleep but you can't help but um wonder about your missing comrades and uh after today's events in particular it seems to yeah it seems to echo what perhaps could have befallen your friend Neris and this kind of hastens your resolve that you you all wake up unnaturally early to uh, continue on the road Leobrin you have a bit more of a fevered dream oh good you uh <laughs> oh jolly good this face you see first you see before you a set of cards and as one turns over uh, and then the next you see the same cards that were turned over by the fortune teller they're the same images there's uh i've completely forgotten what they are but i believe there was a like there was a, a, a ten of wands and uh, some others uh, tarot cards appear before lots, you lots and lots of gold piles of gold, <laughs> and the gold uh, and the extra gold and the characters that appear on the cards before you, they are they are people you recognise. Um, the first uh, the first card that turns over uh, with the 
uh, uh, with the uh, assortment of wands, uh, you see none other than uh, Fleeting Look and uh, Seth that seem to be sort of a two-man ring of ring of roses at the, uh, in this picture holding onto wands. You uh, then the next one you see Malar holding forth one uh, staff in his hand on its own. You then see one of uh, of um, Brucon in a pile of gold at this time. Uh, and you see, uh, lastly, you see uh, Neris hanging upside down uh, from somewhere, but uh, as if from a cavern roof, um, which is, looks a little bit worrying. But her face, uh, her face seems much happier than you've seen her in the time in the time that you've known her, which makes it probably even more disconcerting. This image. Yeah, it's not like covered with a dark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not. It's not covered at this time. And then finally, you see a card with just a mask on it—the gilded vizard that you took not long ago, um, black with the gold trim. Uh, and you hear throughout this a voice in your head. It's the same fortune teller, the elderly lady, telling you the echoing the words that she once told you uh, uh, a few days—well, two days ago—if um, when you find my sister give her the orb and your lady will know she will know and that's uh, that's mainly what cro that's that's with a start you wake up in cold sweat but it's a lovely morning the sun is shining and all of the troubles of yesterday seem to be forgotten for you all as you sort of uh, wake up for the day you find that breakfast has been laid out for you. It seems that uh, that Gary and uh, Gustav have again paid for breakfast ahead of uh, ahead of time, and so you are greeted with an abundance uh, of uh, cold cuts. It's a real continental breakfast put on display for you. All things considered, um, for Burekrin, this is quite um, quite a lavish breakfast, um, as well as the staples: bread, cheese. A hunk of uh, of ham. There's also um, there seems to be fresh fish that have also been put out for you, um, with some seasoning, and that's not just pepper. It's um, yeah. It seems that Heroes Landing has some uh, culture, uh, some some culinary culture uh, seeping into it, which other areas of Burekrin, in your experience, have not yet had. There's some dill. Exactly. A um, bit of lemon as well. You know, a bit, bit of lemon, bit of lemongrass, bit of dill um, added to your fish uh, for the day. So Can I try and, um, as Malar comes downstairs, he sort of swings by the bar area before heading over to, um, to get breakfast. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, use me, sir. Yeah. I was wondering, I'm feeling like I need extra vacation for the day. I was wondering if you uh, serve any uh, nog. It's a, it's, a, it's a beverage from uh, back home in Isk. It's uh, made with eggs and milk and, uh, and spices and such the like. I don't suppose you would uh, oh, um, happen to stock any. I'll take a pint if you do. Um, I, I assume you're talking to me, right? The redhead uh, uh, barmaid uh, comes over to you. Uh, and as you happen to know, also owner of the uh, of the establishment. Um, no, it's 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 not really something we've um, had much call for here. I mean, uh, we don't tend to get that sort of uh, export from across the Star Sea. Um, 
you said egg, milk. What, what else did you say was in that? Oh, uh, egg. Well, it's it's more cream than uh, milk. But uh, okay. It's, it's eggs, and you blend them, you separate and blend and recombine, and then add milk and whisk that, and then you add in uh, uh, crushed up nutmeg and uh, a little bit of. Mwah, delicious. Uh, uh, hmm. Uh, 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 nutmeg. Um, I will see what I can do, sir. Um. Oh, uh, most appreciated. No, no problem at all. Uh, I, I, I mean, that'll be two silver pieces. Oh, uh, there you go, miss. Thank you very much. And was that served hot or cold? Oh, uh, as cold as you can possibly get it, miss. Right. Otherwise, uh, it tends to just uh, congeal. I, I see. I see. I see. Uh, uh, um, uh, Deacon. Deacon, wasn't it? Uh, yes. I oh, uh, yes. Uh, Deacon Malar Shade Creek. Uh, thank you very much. It's no problem at all. I will. Um, I will see what I can do. <laughs> um, and she disappears into the kitchen. You hear some kind of her uh, sort of shouting across. Like, hey, can you uh, put together some eggs and cream and nutmeg? And you hear the chef go, what, what, what are you talking about with eggs and cream? It's made it doesn't make sense. Right, how do they want to cook? No, it's cold. It's cold. Cold? Eggs and cream cold for breakfast? What is this? Oh, it's something for a mist. I don't know. And it comes, it pops back out. Just all smiles, like nothing's happened. Uh, anyway, as you settle down for breakfast a few minutes later, uh, she... Uh, you see her um, appear um, from the, uh, after some shouts in the kitchen going, I didn't say scrambled egg, I said make, it, it's dog. And she comes back out again, all smiles. I'm so sorry, Miss uh, uh, Mr. Shade Creek. I'm afraid uh, uh, we've had a, a couple of uh, um, uh, issues with the nun, but just don't worry, give it, a, give it a few minutes and we'll just see if I can get another batch uh, made up for you. Uh, apologies for the wait. Uh, oh, it's, if it's going to be a problem, Myra, I forego such thing and I'll be Oh, happy oh, oh not at all, sir. We, we, we aim to, you know, the weary traveller is here to satisfy all of your needs, uh, at least uh, in, a, in, a, uh, in, a, in a sort of ablution kind of sense, you know. Uh, want to make sure that you're well rested ahead for your travels, and of course, um, the uh, your two compatriots here, these two gentlemen, have been telling us about uh, the the heroes of Rackfell Manor. So you know, we, we must do our best to uh, to uh, to to supply for you what you should require. I, I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back shortly. Uh, anyway, a few minutes later, she uh, comes back out. This time uh, with a goblet in hand, and uh, presents it to you. Um, you can see that um, she has substituted uh, just from sight. You can see that there is uh, something shaved in there, um, resembling nutmeg. But as you go to drink it, you recognise it's not actually nutmeg. It doesn't appear they had that. They seem to have shaved um, some other kind. It could be cashew nuts. Some other kind of nut seems to have been shaved in there instead. But aside from that, it's more or less what you were expecting. It's it's a grim sight because you can't Malar can't use his trunk to drink it. He just tilts his entire head back. The trunk <laughs> comes up over the top of his head, and he just sort of pours this goop in. Mm-hmm. Glug, yeah. glug 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 glug. <laughs> Lovely job. Um, so, is there anything that the rest of you that the party wish to discuss um, before heading out in the morning? Uh, before sorry, I should say rejoining Brucon and uh, Fleeting Look. 
Uh, I didn't realize. Oh, can you hear me first of all? Yep. I haven't spoken for a while. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, so I didn't realize we were taking um, a full evening. I didn't realize we got into the morning before we did. But because I wake up an hour early just to examine the longsword that we were awarded at the manor to figure out what it is. Uh, of course you can, yeah. So you recognize um, that this uh, is. This, this blade um, is magical and it emits light from it, this longsword. It, it seems to emit light to uh, 15 feet, bright light, and then dim light 15 feet after that. It's um, essentially, it's uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's in Xanathar's Guide. So it's a, it's a blade, cool. a, a, yeah, shining blade. It's a, no, that's it. It's a moon, moon touch sword. It's a moon touch longsword. Cool, thank you. Um, yep, yeah, there you yeah. go. That was the only thing I wanted to do, just take like a, because um, Leo said it was 8 o'clock, so I was like, short rest, then long rest. Yep, you're all long rested. Um, you can, uh, what's that? you've got like two hours of your eight rest to be awake, so I'm assuming you can check it out during. Oh yeah, no, it's all checked now, so, so yeah, are we ready to go collect our people at the church? Okay, great. So um, after you guys um, fill yourselves up with breakfast, um, you take a couple of bundles um, for um, for the rest of your party as um, Gary and uh, uh, and Gustav insist. Uh, so you get a few doggy bags to take over to uh, to the four at the church uh, at the temple, and you arrive there in the morning. Um, so Brucon and Fleeting Look, you're back involved as well. Um, you spent the night. Playing some uh, uh, playing some cards, uh, whiling away the hours, and in the morning it does seem that um, uh, it does seem that Captain Mandeville looks looks in a better condition. Um, Layla kind of greets you all in the morning with uh, some Iskan tea, which uh, she had kept in the vestry, uh, and uh, hands basically uh, brings out a few mugs and passes it around to all of you um, just to wake you up in the morning. Um, you're well rested and ready to travel for the day when you hear a knock at the door and hear the rest of your party outside waiting for you oh uh, how was your evening uh, uneventful I would uh, hope I've just lost James uh, we just, uh, indeed just lose James which is thrown Hartley's back he's coming back no worries May throw the labelling off of that. <laughs> yeah, only momentarily. We're all good. Yeah, no, it's come back. Um, uh, <laughs> what was the question? Um, what happened? Um, uh, largely uh, uneventful, I would say. Uh, certainly some incident, but uh, we, we, we got through it okay, I think. Uh, would, would, would you all agree? Uh. He says, turning to the, to the other people. Um, uh, I, uh, I believe I have some my own. Uh, it, uh, would appear that, uh, uh, has granted me additional blessings. Uh, I believe I, uh, may be able to, uh, help us track, track down Ms. Neris. I can try and pull something out now, if you would like. Uh, that sounds splendiferous. Uh, that would be, uh, extremely useful. Uh, I don't suppose you're in a position to do anything about our, uh, our friends here. Oh, well, um, I would, uh, refer you back to... 
I would uh, refer you back to the conversation you had last night with the uh, with uh, the, the the priestess there. Um, uh, this can only be cured by uh, significant magics. Uh, I suggest we try and uh, find things post haste. Hopefully that we'll, we can uh, kill two birds with one stone. Yes, let's uh, let, let's crack on. I okay. Separating? You agree, or any any other thoughts on uh, on your behalf? No, all agreed. There we are then. Uh, and you see, um, Gustav uh, Racontel um, just kind of. Uh, his kind of bald head is starting to sweat and uh, currently we can't see James, we've got a bit of an issue there, but no worries um, uh, he's mopping the top of his head uh, and he sort of grabs his glasses and he starts he pulls a little kerchief and just starts wiping them nervously before the shakily putting them back on, on, onto his face um, I, I have a um, a bit of bad news I'm afraid um, there, well it seems that we are going to be parting ways um, shortly. Of course, um, the, I understand the next leg of your trip, or so Mr. Bumblefoot has said. Sorry, Councillor Bumblefoot, I do apologise, has said um, uh, that you're uh, uh, going towards um, here, uh, going towards Hilburg, um, uh, and uh, I'm afraid that that is the um, that takes the the, the half road going uh, going north. I, I'm going to be uh, continuing west. Uh, to Burekrin, uh, to sorry, to Rundar, <laughs> the capital. I mean, Rundar is Burekrin. Uh, it, it's not important, but uh, uh, I, I need to go back to my post. So I'm afraid um, I will be having to split with you uh, uh, um, just outside of Oraglor. I won't be able to take you any further in, in my uh, carriage. I'm afraid. Oh well, that is. Uh quite all right we will be able to make our own journey onwards yes i uh, thank you for your uh, uh assistance and uh, the blessing of the eight be on you oh no no problem at all uh, uh, thanks to you for, for for saving saving my life <laughs> I, uh, fortunate i was much more fortunate than than some here i appreciate but uh, it will not be forgotten i will i will make sure that the 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 rumble guts merchant family will uh look favorably upon you and perhaps uh, can be of service uh, when the the time is appropriate. <laughs> Worth noting, by the oh. way, that when 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 Brucon clocked Gustav, as he has done every time he's clocked Gustav, um, he um, does without being super obvious about it. He kind of tries to manoeuvre so that ideally Malar, um, or but failing him, really anyone is is sort of there in the line of the line of view. So that so he's trying to avoid, avoid a situation. Where Gustav's ever getting a really like clear look at Brucon's fizzog, basically. So, so that he only gets a fleeting look, you might say. Yes, you might. <laughs> uh, apologies. Okay, so uh, you guys gather yourselves up uh, with this news. It means that you can leave Heroes Landing altogether, um, uh, and unless there's anything else you wanted to do, but you can leave in the in the two carriages for now. Malar wants to do one thing. Uh, he sure. takes his amulet and sort of hunches over it, and then he casts the spell Send and says <laughs> the following words. This is directed at Neris. Uh, Ms. Neris, it's Mala. Where are you? Uh, are you word. safe? Describe your surroundings and 
we find, you may reply to this message. Excellent. That's a great time to segue as well. Um, so thank you for that. I love that. Like, potentially some of the birds were taken over by, uh... <laughs> so, at this, so, so at this point, everybody, uh, we are going to switch over to Neris. Um, we're going to... sending has a 25-word or 10-word and 4 uh, limit built into it. Um, so we switch over now to, uh, this is going to be unfortunately spooling back a bit in the past, but we will catch up to the present with Neris, but we've got to jump back a little bit here, so. How long? So Neris, uh, you, uh. How long back in time? Uh, you don't know at this point. Time is relative, and unfortunately for you, you're not sure exactly what time it is. There's no reference point for you. Um, however, um, you uh, awaken back in your, what you recognise your kind of cavernous cell. Can you make a history check for me, please? Da, darling. I make history check for you. Wait a minute, that, that's Kajira bleeding in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, my name tag still says Kajira. It does, it's true, it's true, it does. It does yeah. On the Discord, which if you guys haven't joined our Discord, there is a link to it on our Twitch page. Just click the picture that has the Discord no, 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 logo Discord. on it. On, our, on, on the actual stream, my name tag. Twitch. Oh, have I left you up as Kajira as well? Brilliant. Yeah. We're going to have Martha tonight. Sorry, say that again. Seven. Seven. You try to recall what exactly has happened in the um, since since you blacked out. Um, you remember being strapped to a slab in looked like was once some kind of meeting room uh, within this dwarvenish stronghold, and uh, and you recall. Um, basically what happened last time you recall Damon uh, with his uh, with his blonde goatee uh, talking about this um, the blood and whether it was all worth it and seemed to relish the fact that you were putting up a bit of a fight actually um, with a, a gleeful and malicious intent in his eyes um, you look at your uh, right arm and you can see that there are puncture marks um, in your sort of in, in the uh, inside of your elbow, looks to be about three of them at this time. You feel a bit faint upon looking upon it, um, but they seem to. It seems that these wounds have um, partially healed over. They have scabbed over. But you, rec but upon seeing them, you kind of relive that trauma and that pain, and you feel that kind of sharp digging into your arm. What's my HP? Your HP is still the same. You haven't lost any health points. Okay. Or if you did, you've recovered since then. Have I and have I recovered any spell slots? Um, is it a short rest or a long rest? <laughs> uh, uh, you have recovered spell slots. Yes. It's been so enough for a long rest. Yeah. Destroy a door again, if if one might. Yes, exactly. Challenge um, me. Although this time, um, you notice the layout's slightly different where you are. There's no crack in the wall where there was before, where you could see through and see your Aunt Argentia. Um, and there is actually an intact door here. So I'm in another cell? So it, would, so it would seem. However, can you make a perception check for me? Which 
that will be 22. 22. So, uh, as you look up, get your bearings, noting that this room is different from the last cell that you were in, you then notice um, in the opposite corner of the room, standing just over six feet tall, a... uh, a creature that takes you by surprise at first, because on seeing the feet, you just assume this is a a normal, um, uh, this is just a normal humanoid, perhaps even your aunt. As you as you kind of pan upwards, you see <coughs> heavy studded leather armor. It looks as if um, basically shards of metal have just pierced straight through the inside of this leather armor. It looks very crude in its construction. You see holding a bloody a twisted blade a being with an entirely white face it's uh, but not humanoid this looks something much worse its features have been twisted its nose is almost completely gone the lips too have sort of seemingly disappeared or exposing its bare sharp teeth it has long shoulder length uh just ice white hair and fixes you with these jet dead black eyes completely uh, black no pupils looking directly at you you're going to need to roll some initiative for me please Jesus and we're going to take Jack. and we're going to take a very short break while what you do that what are you doing to me we'll be back <laughs> we're, i'm so it's 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 a journey <laughs> we'll be back very shortly it's the reality of streaming. The reality is that, you know, we're only human. And we need to we need to empty ourselves sometimes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Neris, how did you do for initiative? Uh, I did 17. 17? Great. You get to go first. Hey. To this gaunt-looking, almost skeletal with the way that the the skin has kind of eroded back on, on this on this being standing before um, you with a bloody twisted blade what are you doing quick question actually about the cell is there any is it just a completely empty cell um yes it, so it's kind of dusty underfoot um just like ground up you know sandy uh, stone uh, there's nothing for cover or anything like no that. not in okay. the, no there's no particular cover in this area unfortunately okay well i mean uh, how far away am I from it? Uh, I don't about know the size of the cell. Uh, twenty-five feet. In fact, 25. let me let me bring up a little map for you. Okay. That'll help. And how how big is the cell? Like how many feet by how many feet? You're roughly you're you're roughly next to the the exit from uh, from the, the door that exits the cell. So you so the cell itself is. <sighs> About 30, 35 feet in in length and about twenty uh, in in width. Here we go. Right. So it's going. Uh, fuck. So I'm closer to the exit than it, right? Yep. Hundred percent. Well, I'm thinking Groundhog Day. Turn around. Uh, and try to blow the door away. Uh, okay. I don't know if I want to waste a second level spell slot for that. Um, uh, but what... There's not really much else that would 
firebolt is gonna really be strong enough to blow the door down. Fine. <laughs> fine. Again, is our fine. Again, is our scorcher at the door. Okay. To get the f out of there. So Agonizer's scorcher is not not scorching ray. Just um, Agonizer's scorcher. Oh. So just thirty foot line, bam, straight through the door. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh, what, what, what am I rolling? It's, um, it's more, you, the door needs to needs a save. The door needs to make a save. Um, so, uh, <laughs> what what save was it? It was uh, dexterity or something. It's a dex save. It's gonna fail because it's a door. Uh, it's an yes. inanimate object. It will fail. Yes. Um, so yes, uh, do, roll some damage, please. Damage. If the door if the door dodged out of the way, I'd be like mimic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, plot twist. Three D eight. Uh, Get them D eight. Trying to find the right, <laughs> the right time. What do? There it is. There it is. What? Sorry, guys. Delay. No problem at all. That is nine. Uh, that is thirteen. Thirteen points of damage. Yeah, blows the door. <laughs> Flies open. And any movement I have, I shall use to get distance between me and it. Sounds good. <clears throat> door remodeling service no door too flamble <laughs> get outside the door well what's left of the door is now a doorway uh, so you can get can get just be, outside like, burning splinters like in like things on the side here no door too no door no door <laughs> no door no door no no doors barred to to Neris. So it's uh, we're at equal opportunities door um, yeah there you go uh, so yeah, that's you. Over to it. Advances. I figured getting some distance between me and it would be a great idea. It is. Oh god, is it Tim Curry? <laughs> Good call. No. <laughs> but imagine if it was. Um, despite the distance, it drops the sword down, but which then disappears in a sort of uh, with a black smoke left over as it drops it and instead a longbow appears in its hand taking a shot at you it's just gonna one shot me natural one first one completely misses you and it just explodes on the wall again this kind of uh, this black puff of smoke as it strikes the wall behind you takes another shot does a 16 hit Yes. Okay. So you take seven. You take nine points of psychic damage. <sighs> Let me just run up that down. Doing my uh, part. Just ow. <laughs> ow. So you're hit by an arrow, and again it <laughs> disappears in the black smoke. So how far away am I from it? Yeah, it's about the, the, about ten feet, around? ten feet from you. It's in the doorway. Sorry, let's move and, the move the camera. And and, and uh, how what was the shape of the shape of the what? Sorry. 
where we're at is it just a straight corridor or yes you're in a corridor like you're in the cell corridor you recognize that actually where you come out was uh cell number four um which has been destroyed so you've got three and two three two and uh one which obviously you destroyed earlier <coughs> um just further Sorry, down I've this corridor trying to see where, where you're pointing to <laughs> so this is number four then there's number three and number two and number one, which you, it's off the map currently in the <laughs> fog of war. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, well, I am going to, like, in a very... She's scared, right? Oh, yeah. She's getting nervous. So I'm going to blast another Agenazar Scorcher. Uh, actually, no. Hmm. I'm... You know what? Burning Hands, second level. Sounds good. Deck save uh, from it. <laughs> well, a nine's a fail, so uh, full damage. Uh, right. collecting... I'm collecting all the d6s. And that is 15 points of damage. I'm sorry, it cut the first part of what you said there. 15 15, brilliant, thank you. And you see, like, envelops it in in the fire, but it just coldly stares at you. Do motionless, doesn't react to the fire. And, uh, but it's visibly charred. I am going to... Uh... Uh, again, try to get some distance. Just all I can do is just run down the corridor. <laughs> like Resident Evil style. Just keep away, keep away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. It's a good strategy. Rule number one, cardio. <laughs> Getting me further down this corridor. I'm just going to bring this around here. You can see two and three there as well. All right. It's turn. Um, and does it seem perturbed by fire at all? By the way? It didn't seem perturbed at all. God damn it. Takes two more shots at you. I am going to raise shield. Um, it's okay, you only shield. have to do that if they hit. The first one definitely missed. Just okay. to save you a spell. Okay, yeah, the second one would have hit. That would have been uh, 18. Yeah. So would shield negate that or no? Because if not, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Just <laughs> save you a spell. Plus five bonus AC, yeah, it would have. That would do it. Brilliant. Yeah, so, yeah. With that. I got 14, so plus five, that's it. Nine. Perfect, perfect. Yep. So you managed to uh, repel this uh, this projectile, which then, again, it, as it strikes the kind of arcane uh, shield that's uh, over your person, it just evaporates into smoke again. And okay. it smiles. That's all you can see. The smile. Your turn. There's really not much else I can do. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good strategy at the moment. Uh, my turn. I mean, I keep running. Like, first thing, I'm gonna <clears throat> run away before I completely evaporate all my spell slots. Okay. Um. So. Can I do a perception check to see what the hell's ahead of me? 
Do I have any choices? Do I have any? Sure, make a perception check. Go for it. That is seventeen. Well, you remember from the layout before um, that he- out out in front of you, just path out of this particular corridor, leads out into the um, the cavern full of skeletons. And oh, come on. So there's just the cavern full of skeletons and nowhere else. That's the only way out of this area, yes. Uh, can I see skeletons through the door? So there's uh, it's just a doorway, um, and yeah, just on the just on the edge of your vision, you can't see any uh, skeletons at this time. More probably because of your the the distance and the fact that uh, <coughs> from last time you remember that they were motionless in there until you started causing. Uh, a bit of a, a ruckus. Okay. <laughs> so they're hard to detect if they are in there from this distance. I've already used my movement, and I don't have any gear, do I? Uh, you've got you've got your um, no, you do have your your um, gear. Weirdly, you have your weapons. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to. You don't have before... the staff anymore. Well, I can't really. I can't really. Uh move any further right right now I've used up my so yep. I'm going to take my bow and fire cool good fire go for it arrows at him all right you can, uh, you can but, trade your attack for another move as a dash that's true yeah but dashing into yeah it's, it's, it's absolutely true that there's dashing into <laughs> a skeleton infested yep uh, make, a, make an attack roll for me, please, with the longbow. Uh, attack roll, again, that's a d20, right? Yes, please. Yes. Okay. Can... Sorry, yeah, Ooh, it's natural 20! Yeah, okay. so double damage, that's 2d8 plus your dex bonus. 2d8. Uh, whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop, yeah! That is 9, uh, 10. 10 damage, nice. And doubled. What? Doubled, right? Double damage for twenty. No, you just du- it's just double the dice. Oh, double the dice. So two. Okay. So roll another d8 unless you've already rolled two. No, I've, I've rolled two. Okay, so so, so it's just double the dice plus your dexterity modifier. So okay, ten. Yeah, that's ten. Great. Still good. Twenty-five damage on him. That's not bad. Yeah, this is good. You you're you're definitely getting some hits on it. Mm. Uh, it's turn. It doesn't seem it doesn't move from the spot, but it does take another couple of shots at you first one can it have like a, a an arrow sticking out of it's like it's out of like oh yeah it like... yes i should yes it does it has a, an arrow in one arm but again it doesn't seem phased by it at all it just carries on first arrow 11 i'm pretty sure misses yeah second one worse also misses and then it yes and then it advances up it's now 25 feet from you and it's your turn. Mm. Well, I'm going to fire another arrow at it. Cool. Take the shot. Yeah. Uh, that's a natural one. So we've gone for twenty to one. Yes. Yeah. For getting that full range in there, you know. Yep. Uh, so as you go to do it this time, and you're a bit hasty with loading the arrow. And uh, you act, accidentally kind of stab yourself in the hand uh, with the arrows. You kind of you 
get this string behind it, launches it into your hand. You take one point of damage. <sighs> okay. Well, I would like to hurry into the... I'd like to basically... Can I sneak into... Or can I quietly, like, basically hurry into the cavern and kind of um, go towards my, my previous Heidi spot? Yeah, uh, okay, so yeah, if you you can make a stealth check, sure. Um, obviously, yeah. you're doing it right in front of this guy, so he'll know you're there. But um... yeah, he'll know. But the, I don't want to upset the skeleton. Yeah, yeah, that that's that makes sense. Go for it. That is twelve. Twelve. Okay, you think you're pretty well hidden as you run into the as <laughs> you as you sneak ahead. But as you as you run, the uh, this corridor seems to just be getting longer and longer and longer. Oh, come on! And you just can't seem to reach the door at this time. You just keep running, but it's you're it's almost like you're running standing still. It, it it's not getting any closer to you as you run. Okay. God damn it! It it's then takes like takes a shot at you. Nine or this. That's more like it. Uh, Eighteen. Shield again. Shield again. Another arrow disappears. It advances up, so it maintains the gap. Your turn. I am going to... I mean, there's... Is a cantrip a full action? Or... Yeah. Okay. Unless it says that it's a bonus action, but generally they're actions. Okay. Hmm. Well, I'm firebolt. Firebolt it. Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that's an attack roll from you, please. The little tank rolls. That is non-natural twenty. Non-natural. Fair enough. Uh, so yeah, it's a. Uh, D10, I think, I think. Uh, or 19, whatever it's. No worries, that that definitely hits. So, um, I think it's a D10 for um, Firebolt at this level. I believe yes, that's right. Yes, one D10. Great. Get up here. Make that roll. To remember, uh, that's six. Six. Do six points of damage to it. Yeah, six points. Yeah, six points of damage. And you see, and you kind of focus your fire intently on this on this being let off the flame from your hand it strikes it in an explosion and then suddenly when the light dies down you're back in the cell and it's there the same distance from you but you're now back inside the cell the door's back trippy um it's it's turn now it advances up on you with the uh, the sword reappears in its hand <laughs> first strike with the sword completely misses with nine uh, <laughs> um, if it was one, I was like, can I also kick it in the balls and keep that going as a theme? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, with your with your ability, um, you have uh, when you use a fire spell, you have flames coming off of you. So now he's become within five feet. I believe he takes a D four of fire damage. If you wanted to roll that, yeah. Fire. Two. Two points. Two points of fire damage, nice. With its second strike, I did roll a natural 20. Uh, of course. Of course. Uh, 
so with the you were due a natural 20 I was I was due I'd rolled quite a lot of fours um, with the long sword that's uh, seven nine points of psychic damage to you not but to die and it's your turn uh well hmm burning hands first level sweet fails the deck save rolled an 8 3d6 Come on, Neris. Rooting I'm using for you. Literally all Rooting of the dice. for you. So that is 11. 11 points of damage. Dommage. Describe to us how you dispatch the this undead nightmare from you. Uh, with. Uh, so it's right next to me. So I full on put my hands on his chest and immolate him from the from the chest out oh my god <laughs> okay and you do it your eyes and, and, burn and orange burning and screaming at him and like tears coming out just going because it's kind of a desperate move I almost had a spell slot <laughs> oh my yep and, and that... I've got four hit points you do that um, just yeah screaming out almost in terror and rage combined. As we're both literally engulfed in flame. Yep, engulfed in flame. And as the kind of, the the heat reaches this point where it's the burning white light, you hear uh, a voice in your head, that of Malar, saying, Malar, if you'd like to say it again. Oh, shit, I should have uh, it down. Miss Neris, it's Malar. Where are you? Uh, are you safe? Describe your surroundings and an object we can find. You can respond to this uh, message. Oh and uh, your vision comes back to... Uh, you come back to your senses and you realise you're not in the fourth cell and in your arms... You're holding your aunt. Your hand is on her chest. There are so embers. There is embers left around where you've pressed your hand into her chest. And she's lying there lifeless in your arms. This is just so cool. Wow. I think I lost audio. Hello. No, no, no. We're, no, we're, we're all as blown away by that revelation as you right now. Yeah. Should be dark. So, I mean, oh, the thing is, I'm. Thing is, I'm. I don't know my aunt that well. <laughs> so that that's not gonna be like a a, a thing, but it's. Uh, well, I'm clearly McNair is just like. <laughs> Jaded Law says what? Space, like, <laughs> overload. I still have my spell slots. No, the, the, the ones that I hadn't used. Yeah. But... You can make a medicine check if you'd like. Natural 20. There it is. Alright. Um, yep, yeah, she is most certainly 
unconscious and in need of med. She is in need of, of some kind of. Oh, can you still hear me? Just about. Just about. Okay. She. Um, okay. 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 So you're. Um, so she's. She is unconscious. She is in a bad way unless she receives some kind of healing, a magical healing. She is not going to make it. Okay. So. But she needs help fast. Uh, oh, fuck. Well, I just, in, in a moment of like, ah. Hello? Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, so in a moment of like, ah, I cast Mending on her. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This guy's just, I guess, it starts Mending. And the, the clothes um, that had been melt, sort of burned away um, just start knitting back together again in the area immediately around, around your hand on her chest. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm really having trouble hearing you. Me? And your yeah, and your camera's frozen. That's really weird. Um, on my end, it looks fine, but uh, bear with me. Try and bring myself back into the call. Yeah. Sorry, everyone at home. <laughs> oh, that's fine. It's good. Okay, better. Okay. So yeah. So she. Um, yes. So you mend the clothing on a uh, where your hand touched her chest. So it's, okay. that's that's now mended. It's back together. So just, I'm just trying. Just like, ah. Yeah. The tears, like, oh my god, oh my god. But I just heard Mallory's voice. I'm like, um, how many? I have how many syllables? I didn't write out a message. Uh, he didn't so tell you how many, words. but he said he said you can respond to this message. So you you don't know how this. I don't think you've come okay. across this spell before, so you don't know how how um, okay. how it works. But okay. the next thing that you say, he he will hear though. Okay. Um. I'm in a cave, dwarven. Um, trapped by red mages. Damon kid kidnapped me. I don't know how much of that you've heard. All of it so far, you're under the limit. Uh, uh, come help, quick. My yep. aunt is hurt. That's it, and I'll, that's where I'm. Uh, my aunt is hurt. Please, and they'll just keep talking. But that, like, but that it just cuts off just after that. Bit. Yeah, yeah. I think that was under, so you're good. Uh, yeah, so oh, that okay. that goes out. I, I mean, I, I have no idea. I'm guessing, <laughs> but we'll say that that got through. The, the yeah. certainly the the, uh, the meaning of the message definitely got through there. I was thinking a little bit too much about what to say. So imagine a a, a desperate tone to that message. Definitely. Yeah. And talking through tears, like there's little. <laughs> and you, uh, after saying this, you hear a very weak voice. There is. The mages, they. They want to bring back the dragons. They want to bring back the deceiver. Don't fall for their tricks, Neris. Save yourself. I've lived a good life. Enough life to see that, to see you safe. 
to see you arrive. Don't die here. Get out while you can. While you can. As she's saying, I'm, I'm like mending. Or like trying to do something I can't make. And just here, this the last sort of breath leave her lungs. Leaving you now very much more alone than you've ever felt in your life in this cell. Uh, can I, can I like do a, a bit of a character bit? Do it. Go it for it. Please, magic. please. This is the time. <laughs> Go for it. Yes. So she just kind of like, she like, is like, has this grief that just turns into what's really like part of her nature. Just absolute rage. Like just, she wants to, like, she wants to have She's, she has a vision of a voluntary vision of Damon's face the head in her hands as she literally melts it with fire in her hands she wants to see everything including his skull melt in front of her and she lets out this primal scream of like, of like pain and rage and everything just vengeance completely completely absorbed in just hatred and, and and anger and pain and like the the fire that she, that engulfs her when she like uh, she basically fires off another firebolt because she can't really fire off anything else. Yeah. yeah just but with the flames around her just kind of like exploding like just with the emotions uncontrollably mm just i mean it's not like they're they're gonna destroy anything but there should be like black chars on on the walls and yeah and things and there's like yeah. an explosion of fiery rage and that's gonna stay with her that is going to affect her and like that it's it's almost like damon's death certificate was signed <laughs> yeah there. um and as the, far as she's concerned anyway the walls around uh, the cell uh, they're all blackened, charred by this uh, by this fire, and it seems although this although it seems like this wild rage that had consumed you in this moment as you kind of let out these this yeah as you say primal scream, it seems subconsciously that you're that you maintain some control as your aunt's body is perfectly intact and not harmed at all by the flames, even though they even as they burn across you even as you're skin becomes a furnace to the touch and flames visibly appear around your skin as well she's left mm. unharmed by by this effect and just falls limply to the floor yes and uh at this so, point um sorry uh, unless there was anything else marty you wanted to do there. Say, just just acting sorry go um, for it i don't <laughs> want to ruin the moment go for it go for it no no so like after all of that all of the flames die down like her skin still remains hot to the touch and but she her and her expression expression kind of takes on not a serious like teenager face but like almost like an older like more knowing more experienced demeanor but that kind of serious is that like would 
literally that basically the intimidation level goes to where that plus four is coming from. Like yeah. Just serious, stony, no much, just like cold blooded, hot blooded, cold blooded. <laughs> um, and she goes to the center of her cell and sits down and waits. Like, sits, like, puts her knees underneath almost like a, like a meditative, kind of like warrior y patient sit and waits. Yeah. Staring at the door. And you, uh, you sit there. Waiting. For, for waiting for your, the opportune moment for when some something will come through that door. Yeah. And you wait and you wait and as you do, um, you can't help but even in your even in your focused anger, thoughts of, of your aunt creep into your mind about what you'd seen in this hallucination, if you like, with this uh, zombified form fighting you. And remembering the supposed good times you had with your aunt, although it ended up being a doppelganger as it goes, but just the cheery, warm personality that seemed to shine through. And you recognize. I'm telling my parents that my aunt is dead. Yeah. And you recognize uh, that despite the fact that you didn't know her personally that well, she loved you and cared for you. And now she's gone. And now you've got to explain that to your other family members and to your party if they should find you. First, you've got to find out Survive. how to get out of here. And that probably starts with burning the fuck out of the Red Mages. Yeah. So, um, switching back over then to the rest of the party who are continuing on the road. Sorry, oh, thank you, Marta. Uh, uh, Neris can have inspiration, by the way. Hey. <laughs> for some big big character moments the rest of the party uh, you're continuing on the road on the half road you've said goodbye to Gustav Rakontel who's uh, left with his carriage towards Burekrin with the, and the rest uh, towards Rundar I keep doing that and the, <laughs> the rest of you are um, now have the one carriage which means you've slowed down the pace um, so that everyone can, can keep up as only four of you can fit inside the one carriage you have remaining. You obviously have the horse with Horsey for um, uh, for Seth to ride on, or whoever he deems worthy of riding it at this time. Uh, but you are continuing at a slower pace, and Malar, you hear um, in your head, you hear the message back from Neris. Uh, exactly verbatim. I, 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 I can't remember it all, so I won't repeat it, but that exact message you hear back, that she's in a cave, dwarven. Um, there are red mages here. She mentioned Damon by name. I Damon, yeah. Transcribe the whole thing, but I definitely, we definitely got that. Yep. Um, Malar is going to turn to or find Brucon. Well, Mr. Brucon, uh, tell me, how well do you know the area around. Uh, where is it we were? Was it Hart Hillberg that she got taken? That's what you, uh, you don't, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah you, I guess you would have deduced that because of the, the doppelganger, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how well do you know the area around uh, Hill? Uh, Ms. Neris, is, uh, she believes that she's in a constructed uh, uh, sort of cave system. Um, 
if we are able to deduce, deduce where she is, we may be able to find her and locate her. Well, my good deacon, I'll be honest with you, this, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, not a big, I'm not a rural dwarf, um, I, my, my roots are much more in the city, but, uh, it's just conceivable I might have heard of, uh, or had some sort of lesson in relation to some of the older, uh, settlements and, and, uh, engineering works of my people, um, I can give it a shot. I'll, I'll, let, let me think about it for a moment. And, uh, and think about it for a moment. In this case, it's cover for making a history check. Of course, go for it. Yeah. Uh, this, I am going to use that inspiration on. This is prime inspiration using territory. Cool. So, let's do this with avantage. So, histoire. Okay. Ooh, thank God I used the inspiration. Uh, 15. <laughs> 15. All right. Um, so, um, Hilberg is not somewhere you frequented uh, before. It was a first for you when you joined with the party, uh, heading that way from Halfrage. However, um, what you do know from your experiences so far in Hilberg is that um, there is there is somebody around uh, around there that you have come across, or at least some of you have come across. I don't think Brucon was actually present, but. Uh, you know from uh, your other party members' experience that there is a, a ranger that uh, that does uh, preside around uh, <laughs> Half Light Forest and uh, the Hilberg area. He would be a surefire bet to be somebody who would know uh, the lay of the land and possible areas where old dwarven settlements may be. But given your given the fact that you are a Burican resident yourself, you know that um, ancient forts. Um, for, for dwarven forts anyway were uh, more or less underground and some of them were denoted by cairns but that's all that you can recall but you believe those, uh, the, this ranger was called uh, Greenblade or something like that Greenblade he's to the um, other side isn't he you you encountered him in around Half Light Forest on the road between Half Breach and uh, and Flaming Jacks before, but he did say that um, the forest is kind of his his domain, and also he had a letter that you wanted delivered to Hilberg, which I believe yeah, because we've we've delivered that yeah, you've delivered it, and I think um, I think you have encountered him since then outside of Hilberg, because Hilberg does um, sort of. Um, Ha it kind of is on the edge of Half Light Forest, so it's he he lurks around there sometimes. So Does, we're currently on our uh, way to that the broken down town, and it's just a bit further on from there that the doppelganger said that they've taken theirs, wasn't it? Possibly can't can't remember all that clearly. Um, she, yeah, the she doppelganger didn't say exactly where, but yeah. The doppelganger said it was at least a day away from somewhere. When we asked, we when we asked the carriage it. and check and ask the doppelganger where we're going. Sorry, say that again, James. Should we ask the doppelganger where we're going? Yeah, that's not a bad idea. It did say it would take us to her. Yeah, I'm in. Alive, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, 
so Dan, Dan was just checking in our little private channel. Uh, has Brucon, I, I wanted to ask that too. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. Brucon, Brucon ponders and, and relays to the to the group that what little he's able to, um, uh, the, the small number of dots he was able to connect from his uh, rather shot memory about all of this stuff. So yes, um, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to keep any of that under wraps at all. It. Uh... It would be entirely possible for me to arrange the Mr. Greenblade if we can reconvene at uh, Hilberg. I can send a message if need be. What, do we need to go all the way to Hilberg? Because Hilberg's still a day and a half travels away. Shouldn't we check to see if we need to go somewhere much closer? Because you said it, it was a day away from the small town when we encountered her. So we may not need to go all the way to Hilberg. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I think maybe our first protocol would be uh, you know, interrogating the person in the chest oh. to ascertain some further details, Mr. Oh, should we stop the carriage and question her here? There's not anywhere better before we get to town. Let's do it here, I say. Well, yeah, all yeah. Right. yes, Mr. Sir, right now. Yeah, let's do it. If it somehow manages to run away, it's better when we're in and can't pretend to be someone else. No witnesses could plan. Yeah. Also, I don't rate his chances uh, of running away no. as super high. <laughs> All right. So, uh, cool. uh, so at this time, yeah, you pull up. Um, you're still on the coast road at this point, um, and you can see far off in the distance to the south uh, the sea, the Star Sea. Um, which we're we're travelling eastwards, aren't we? Uh, you're no, no you're travelling west now. Westward, westward ho. <laughs> exactly indeed um you so you pull up cool. the carriage um and Sethia, yeah, you can see the sea in the distance almost calling back to you in, in some ways um your first home and um uh pull up the carriage and you get ready to uh, uh you take the uh, the chest off of the top of the carriage uh gary bumfoot tends to the horses uh and tends to the carriage just making it stop uh and bring the carriage down and you'll uh get yourselves prepared in whatever way you see fit to interrogate the doppelganger we're going to uh, end today's session there ah uh we'll pick things up from that point next week uh so so guys uh thank you all so much for tuning in tonight thanks for supporting the channel please continue to do so it really does mean a lot and uh uh and also i should say a big congratulations should go to uh in the chat oh where is he not bearded the, the other one where is he uh jaded, jaded law thank you jaded law for tuning in but no 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 it was ah it was modest munch ah. who entered to win a month's adventurous subscription here on the channel you have won sir Con oh madam congratulations <laughs> i don't know who modest munch there is we go. congratulations so uh, uh i will uh, i will make the arrangements and make it so but uh Come and join us uh, on, or oh, join me on Friday from 5 p.m. We'll, I'll be doing a campaign diary for today's session and for last week's session, as I didn't actually end up doing one last week uh, because we had the quiz instead. Uh, so I'll be doing that. That's Friday, 5 p.m. here on the channel, and hopefully uh, the rest of uh, of my fellows here will uh, be rejoining us on Monday for the next session. Until then, everyone, thank you all for tuning in. Keep uh, keep on keeping on, and uh, stay safe out there. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Slice and Dice podcast. You can join in the action with us live on Twitch, Mondays from 6pm UK time.
It's twitch.tv slash sliceandd6. And don't forget to follow us on socials at sliceandd6. Until next time, stay safe.